Coming up, you're going to discover how to diversify your app business and create an empire from courses and ebooks. Stay tuned. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action fact content in the app business. And today I've got a phenomenal guest. He transitioned from creating apps to now an author, a Udemy teacher with over 124,000 students and over 120 courses on Udemy. So we're going to talk about how he transitioned from apps into becoming a social media influencer. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Alex Jenadinik. Don't even try to say it. I don't even know if I said it right, but he is the founder of Problemio.com. That's problem I-O. That's how you would spell it. .com. Check out all his apps and everything that Alex has going on on that website that's also linked up underneath the YouTube description as well. But Alex, welcome in. Man, I love your introductions. You know, you and I, we do this every once every couple of years. Yes, your sir. introductions have leveled up so many fold. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. It's better than leveling down, I think. You just blew me away. <laughs> that energy. I was like, oh, my God. A new career for Steve in the uh, Hollywood introduction world. I appreciate that, man. Dude, yeah. best ever. Anyway, <laughs> where were we? Anyways, talk um, about your business model and how you... I mean, I'll t- let you talk about a little bit brief info about yourself, and then let's talk. Ca- let's talk about how you transitioned away from apps and into whatever you got going on right now. Yeah. So, thanks for having me on. First of all, so we actually met back in the day That's when right. we were both in the app world, and for me, the app world was like the first successful business that I had. I've had previous successes as, a, as an entrepreneur before that, but they were kind of lukewarm. And my apps, I kind of stumbled into them and I just created some apps. And just from all the learnings I had before, I was like, oh, all right, these apps are, okay, reasonably successful, cool. And, um, and, you know, we were just covering things back then. Now, in hindsight, it's clear that what ended up happening, the way that I created my apps, they kind of positioned me as the main guy behind the app. Most people, when they create apps, it's just the app. The founder is totally unknown out of the way. And in my app, I was very hands-on. And that was sort of like very foundational for becoming an influencer, which I didn't know that I was gonna, that, that was happening. And also, it's funny to say about yourself that you're an influencer. But just let, let's suspend that for the sake of this uh, video. So... What ended up happening on my app, just for people who don't know, my apps are business planning apps. And the one feature that changed everything that I had on my app was people were able to ask me questions. Some of them didn't know who I was. Most of them didn't know who I was. But for some reason, they took my advice, for better or worse. And I ended up helping like a, over a thousand people like like this typing uh, with my thumbs and just talking through their businesses and over time learning about their businesses. And then what ended up happening is not only did that give me the confidence and the experience that I was working with all these entrepreneurs, you know, here I'm talking about a gym here, I'm talking about a coffee shop here, I'm talking about like water purification in India, like it's it's just always all over the place. And um, then I started realizing, hey, like, 
this can be bigger. I got to take this outside the apps. And I started a YouTube channel where I literally was answering questions, you know, the same questions I would get on my apps where people would ask, like, how do you start a gym? And after the 20th gym, I'd be like, why don't I just make one video and, and send everybody to the video? So my apps were actually, not only did they start positioning me as a little bit of like, you know, as the, the expert, but they also started promoting my YouTube. And then when I started, um, then I had our, you know, our friend Nick Loper, he was like, you should write a book. He's the, he's the guy who's probably responsible for all these like independent, half of these independent authors are like, seems to me at least came from his advice. But, um, what I ended up doing is I ended up like literally taking all the questions from the apps because I was so hands-on, gave me the content for the YouTube. But my first book was also just basically answering all the questions that, that like I, when I hit like 300,000 downloads, just that survey, the, the answers to those questions that everybody asked was literally my first book and actually was one of my first courses that I made on Udemy. So I kind of ended up stepping out and branching out of beyond just the apps. But like today, when I look at it, it was kind of like a, climbing a staircase because like it wasn't overnight. Like it was like, you know, I had a little success with the apps. I still wasn't really known in the business planning world, but it gave me, because I was hands-on, like, and, and I think that's the biggest difference, at least in my path to this, is that most people, they're hands-off, right? They want to automate things. They want to just, just things to roll and be cool. But I was like right there. My, my nose was right in people's businesses. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about your business. And so it gave me a sense of what people were struggling with. And it gave me the ideas for what to write. And so all that content came about from me being in the apps. So the apps were like one step. YouTube was another step, the books were another step. And so now looking back at it, I've kind of created a little bit of an ecosystem that without really aiming to be, you know, an influencer, it's a weird word. And, you know, I don't know how influential I am, but like, but at the same time, I think when beginners, let's say, start a business or, you know, they look on Udemy, they look on Amazon and they keep finding me and they're like, oh, you know, you're the guy now. And, you know, so that, and I think for people creating their apps now, what I sometimes recommend, like I have a lot of clients who do, for example, like dating apps mm-hmm. and the classic example, you know, like if somebody comes to you for, with a dating app, you're like, oh my God, how do I promote this? Because it's so hard, right? You, you're competing against giants. And now, and I'm always, I always have this idea. And no one's ever taken it. But if it was me, I would like nail it. it just like the, with the business app, I nailed it. And I would literally add a coaching component to the app where I would be like talking, you know, because a lot of people, they don't want to do the work, right? But if you're okay with doing the work, man, if I cared about the app's growth, guess what I'd be doing? I'd be like talking to every one of the potential daters for free, getting their reviews. Like, you know, oh, and leave me a nice review. We all know that game in the app world. And guess what? You're going to out-review the biggest sites out there. If you're on your app all day helping people, they're going to give you the best reviews. You're going to have the best score. You're going to jump over the hinge, the coffee meets bagels, and you're going to knock it out of the park. No one's done that. I've told that to a lot of people. Like, literally, no one's done that. I would have done it day one. You know, Alex, and I, 
Let yeah. me ask you a question. The When you decided that, hey, it was great content because you listened to your audience, you created the content that they wanted, and I found that that's the best way rather than me scratching my head and figuring out, oh, what content should I create? Just asking the audience is the best way. But how did you go about earning that first sale? Did you do a lot of cross-promotion within your apps and be like, hey guys, I came out with an Udemy course or I came out with an ebook? What did you do to cross-promote? I actually found very early on that cross-promotion is, is is actually not where I should what I kind of should be doing because people are very comfortable with their current platform. So if a person likes apps, it's really hard to get them to get a book. And vice versa, right? If they like a book, it's like it's unnatural for them to get a course. But they should get more of the same thing. So I actually have them, you know, that's why I have like my apps for like a four app package, you know. So and my books are like I have twenty books and my course I have so they like courses. I don't want to Oh, you like it? Just keep on getting what you like. Um, so I like the catalog approach. I like having a lot of stuff. It's a it's a problematic in a, approach in a sense because quality often suffers because I you know too many of everything. That's a problem. But the cross promotion is the results of cross promotion are for me at least underwhelming. Like if I had promoted, actually when I do promote stuff to my app users. The, the the uptake is very very small. What I do find the 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 right path is to so like we're talking about um, cross pollinating platforms, right? So apps to courses to books to whatever. Uh, I found that um, leveraging like it's wrong to promote from the outside almost. Because the platform is vast. And so like whatever it is, if it's YouTube, if it's Amazon, if it's Udemy, we are like one-person businesses and our promotion is just, just like like a tiny trickle. You know, when you forgot to turn off, turn off your faucet and it drip, 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 that's us. They're the ocean. And what you really need to be doing is to make the ocean flow your way. Right, just get the platform to like you. For example, like if you're a YouTube video that's amazing, and Udemy is like, you know, promoting the bejesus out of your YouTube video, you will never generate that in your life. What what YouTube can bring you, right? But we have to make the best YouTube video, and so the efforts have to be on how can I make the best YouTube video? How can I leverage the platform? Usually, in every platform, there's like what's Amazon or um, YouTube, there's like four, at least on Amazon, let's say, there's four major ways that to leverage the platform and when they all play well together, the magic starts happening. So maybe there's more elements to it, but like search, obviously, all these el- search number one, because that's how you get your initial bump. So search keywords, we all know that when that, when that happens, you, you, the system, the platform gets to know about what you're doing, like gets data mm-hmm. are our users liking it our users not liking it when users are liking it way above average the platform starts promoting you and usually they have recommendation algorithms amazon has this udemy has this youtube has this app stores have this so when the recommendation algorithms algorithms begin that's when the super growth really happens because the search is very limited because we all want to be above the search but the main problem is when you reach the search, the top of the search, there's no more, there's no more people searching. 
So it's a, it's a ceiling. But but when the platform starts promoting you, there's like feels like no ceiling, mm. right? Because it that's where it's the ocean. It's vast, and so it, all these things have to come together. And one way to push it, push it, push it, push it is there's two two ways actually. One is the free. One is paid. The free is to have the most best and amazing uh, conversion rate. So if it's a book or a course, it's you know, when people come on your sales page, well, there's actually, sorry, I'm going fast, but there's really two places. People always discover you first in a list next to others when they search. And so your thumbnail, your, your title has to be more, more, more attention grabbing. But when they land on your sales page in YouTube, there's no sales pages, but like when they land on your sales page, they have to have a high sales conversion rate. When they search, and out of those people, they search, they choose you the most. And when they choose you, they actually go through and buy at a high rate. And when they buy, the engagement signals are also good. Mm. When all that flow happens, that's an amazing kind of free, all free way to boost SEO. And with that, the algorithm. And if you really, 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 you're almost there, you feel like you're almost there, but like you're just not breaking through the ceiling then you boost it with ads. And you can run ads at a loss because it doesn't matter what the immediate, you know, that day you spent $50 but you made $25 back, that's cool because if that little bump gave you enough to push above the next guy on top of you and now you're the most recommended instead of the third most recommended, dude, that's an exponential earnings. Because you're at the top of the pyramid, there's like you know, so so that and that's really much easier said than done, because the people at the top they're amazing too, and they're like all well, people who are super smart, super experienced, have a lot of resources, maybe have teams, and so we really have to bring it. So the level of the, the attention to detail has to be on our part as creators immense, because the competitors are super smart. You know, Let me the, ask you this, the, Alex. Yeah. When you're talking about the conversion rate, so when you're in a sea of search results, how do you make sure that you stand out the best? So I spend a lot of times on titles, and it's really hard because I'm a geek of SEO, so the keywords, right? And I have a tendency, a flaw, where I tend to overdo the keywords, and they tend to make my titles dumb and unattractive. And when I make my titles attractive, that means sacrificing some keywords. And it's like, why don't you just stab me with a knife? You know, <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose the keywords. <laughs> so it's actually, so it, it's, it's a little bit of an art. There's like no real, right? Because, um, you can have the most amazing title, but it will have a very few keywords and the balance, uh, you can't know the results. Because you, you can only experiment with a lot of different titles. Some of them you'll lose the keywords, so you lose some of the search rankings. With some of them you'll gain conversion. So it's it's really an art, to, to be honest. And, and part of it is what makes it so hard is that it might take 25 experiments just on the title. It might take more because your competitors, guess what, they're experimenting too. So... Sometimes it's it, that's the challenge, right? And then that's only the title. Guess what happens when you, when you when in your listing you'll have the description, the subtitle, the the reviews are always 
sometimes the review is a nice one and, and sometimes it's a not a nice one and it drops you. So it's like, it's a constant, like in theory, when I explain that it, it flowed so well, but in the, when you're in the muck of it, um, it's easy. It's really easy to outcompete the bottom 90%. It's, it's really hard. I find to compete against the top 3%. These guys, man, they're good. Everything I do, they do better. And, you know, um, maybe I don't give myself credit. I do some things well, but like, it seems like never enough. You're doing great. Hey, let me go some rapid fire questions for you, if you don't mind. So you're on all these platforms. You got a great following on all these different platforms. Maybe you can recommend a tool. I'll say the platform. You recommend your favorite tool for that platform. You ready for this? All right. All right. Here we go. Let's start with I'm YouTube. I'm old school, by the way. All right. Let's start um, with YouTube. What's your favorite YouTube? tool? Create my own creativity, my own common sense, Google keyword tool. Udemy. In, in, in that order. Udemy, they actually created an amazing tool for instructors. They are keep they keep making tools. If I say a tool now and six months from now, it might be different. But at the moment, it, they created a conversion tool where you can see how well your courses are converting. Since, they re, since the day one that they released it, I've been an absolute nerd of that tool. Every day I go and check and I have like a hundred courses and then I go, oh my God, like my conversion. And then I started go checking. So that's been driving me. It's kind of fun, but it's also driving me nuts a little bit. So, but they have a tool built in. Amazon. Amazon, uh, Jungle Scout for sure. Jungle Scout. But, al but also um, Google Keyword Tool, Thesaurus for getting more keywords. And a lot for keywords, a lot of it is... Uh, also, the autocomplete, it's really easy, but the, the Amazon like literally tells you what the popular searches are. Um, okay. So that too. And, right. and sometimes autocomplete in Google and YouTube and, and Amazon, because sometimes Amazon doesn't have all the perfect keywords that you might want any for lesson, the long tail. Any lesson that took you the longest to learn as you were growing this Alex Genedinic, <laughs> I'm screwed up yet, your name all the time, your empire, any lessons that you learned long the way that you're like, man, if only I knew this now when I was be beginning, this would help me out so much. Yes, and it's. I think a lot of people will find it a little bit unsatisfactory, but what I found is that, like, you know how like we, we can always talk about tactics, add keywords, subtract keywords, make a better title, but it doesn't, it doesn't really give you a tremendous leg up. It gives you a little leg up for sure, but you know, if you don't, it's, it's, a, it's a tactic. The big thing is uh, when you, let's say, schedule your, like figure out a productivity technique better, or let's say we're doing a lot with video. When I figure out like my lighting right now is not perfect, right? When I figure out my current setup, all my videos will be better. YouTube will recommend me more. Everything will, will happen out of that. Um, you know, and, and it's like, even the lighting is a struggle. If you've seen how many lights are pointing at me, because I'm in my uh, living room filming right now. It's not like a perfect studio, so I had to kind of do my best. And so, so there's, but every time we kind of figure out how to make our business flow better, it, it can be like our time management. It can be like how many things we say no to and open up space for the right things to say yes. And I've actually identified 50 separate skills, like so all soft skills from goal setting to time management to emotional intelligence. Like I have a list of 50 and that I like work on all the time and I like give out to my students and 
like, you know, I, I, I tell them, if you do some special things, like finish my course, I'll send you this list. It's a cool list. It is actually a cool list. Uh, I'm a geek of that list myself. I really try hard. And I've noticed, like, my business is kind of like, like, usually it's like, I wanted to just keep going up all the time. But what really happens is like plateau, 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 plateau. I start doing something better. For example, I might use better lighting, right? And then, oh my God, like improve all my, like right now I'm improving all my sales videos, all my courses that have been old. And I'm seeing like immediate results. And I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I figure this out earlier? But anyway, now I figured it out. And it's like, I'm literally seeing like a leg up, you know? So when you figure out how to make something better, more efficient as like a process, in either in yourself or in your business, and like I said, there's like 50 fields of such things. Um, you know, it could be stress management. Like stress management is huge, right? Because like, for example, I know it's a little bit of a tangent, sorry, but like basically, you know, stress management is like uh, we, can only, we can only deal with the short term. When we're in stress, we can only, like our, the part of our, that our, of our brain that takes over is the part of the brain that only deals with removing the immediate pain. So we're only able to deal with short-term strategies, which is, by the way, every entrepreneur's experience, right? My app is struggling. Oh, my God. Stress, stress, stress. They can only do short-term. They ask, well, how do I solve this right now? Well, the solution really is a long-term one. Like so, but, but it's really partially about removing the stress, and then the person will just have enough breathing room to embrace slightly longer-term but actually effective strategies. And then they actually implement their business well and they start doing things well and the business actually grows. So something as seemingly secondary or tertiary as stress management, because you know, we're all like, we can take it, we're tough, but we're not, it controls, it controls us. So in our ability to deal with different things, see different things, you know, um, just something as little as stress management, which, it seems like important, but not totally important. But see, when I kind of put these high-level things ahead of the immediate tactics, that's where I start. That's where the lessons are. That's where I start really seeing the growth. So, so for me, that that over the years, that's what really hit me. I'm like, I gotta and just just chill, not rush too much, and just make sure that everything I'm doing is not about quantity, which is a total like. Because, you know, I have too much quantity in my work. And, like, I'm always, my problem is always too much quantity, not enough quality. That's my own criticism of myself because of the stress that I put myself through, right? And so I'm, like, reverse it. I'm constantly telling myself to reverse it. And it's, it's one of these, like, big, you know, um, sort of soft skill lessons that I, I would really recommend. I love it. Well, the website is Problemio. Dot com. It is linked up into the YouTube description along with all of Alex's ebooks on Amazon and his courses on Udemy. Alex, you want to send the audience anywhere else? Um, where should I send them? I don't know. You tell me. You're the influencer, <laughs> my brother. Um, well, I think if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to Steve's channel. Um, We're on YouTube. Actually, let me do this, Alex. Alex's YouTube channel is phenomenal too. He talks a lot more about business and entrepreneurship. So definitely check out his YouTube channel. And I'm going to link that into the show notes as well. He's got a ton more subscribers than I do. But Alex, thank you so much for coming on and doing this, man. I really appreciate you. I, you know, we were overdue for catching up. I'm very happy for, for, for doing it. And uh, we got to do this more often. I like our, we have a good pace of like once every two years. 
<laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. And we got to meet in person a couple of times too. Alex, a phenomenal guy. Thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate you. And to the YouTube audience, I will see you on the next video. Go check out Alex's channel by clicking the top video up there. And if you want to learn my hack for selling your expertise and growing a consulting business, go check out one of my older videos at the bottom.